This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. This is Pastor Doyle from The Church Next Door, and this is Your Next Step. And today, we're talking about puppies. Well, not really. We started with puppies yesterday, but today we're going to talk about how our eyes actually open gradually. See, your eyes and my eyes towards the things of God, we're closer to puppies and kittens. That's because we don't see everything about the kingdom at one time. God opens our eyes to more and more things. You remember the story where Jesus, he he prays for the man. He says, well, everything just kind of looks like trees. And then Jesus prays for him again, and everything becomes completely clear. That's how our eyes are towards spiritual matters. You remember when you first got the glimmer in your life that maybe God existed or that God was real, and and then you began to see more and more of the things of God, and today maybe you're starting to see, wow, God is really involved. There's a spiritual battle going on in the world in which we live. Well, once you and I understand Jesus as the Messiah, it changes everything about how we live. Today, on Your Next Step, we want to unpack how Jesus came to be the Messiah and to help us see the kingdom of God. Don't go anywhere. I'm Pastor Doyle from The Church Next Door. We want to invite you to join us here. Come visit The Church Next Door, but open your Bible and see the kingdom of God and apply it to your life every day. That's what Your Next Step is about. Don't go anywhere. We're going to open the Word of God together. Maybe God wants you to see things on a spiritual realm and not just a physical realm. And this is essential. Uh, This is not just for your spiritual life, but it's important for your relationships. It's it's important for your job, for your business, for for your school life, wherever. You need to recognize, is God leading me in this? Is this this a go or a no-go? Is this a yes or a no? See, God wants you to participate with him. I have young people, they'll come to me. they say, Pastor, how do I know if God's called me? How do I know if God's called me? I said, well, I've got like six or seven points on that one. I said, first of all, do you sense it inside yourself? Do you have this, just this, what I call within you awareness? Then, then I say, well, how's that working out in your life? Like, like, how does that fit with your gifting? In my own life, my, my first gift mix, my first thing was I had, I had the gift of helps. I just loved helping. And so I learned to help my dad. You know, I, I love to just carry the bucket and go on calls with him. But then when, when, when we got involved with, with having a small group in our home, it was about me helping set up chairs and prepare for people to be there. I, I, I've just, I, started, I started in recognizing what God wanted me to do because I learned that I had the ability to help. And so many people think, well, that's, that's, not, really a, that's not a big deal. Look at how many chairs are in this room. It's helpful. You're sitting on one, right? I'm thankful for the gift of help, see? Thirdly, when I talk about calling, you know, I began to to see the fruit in my life. I began to see that it was working. Does that make sense? I would do something and it impacted people's lives. I, I, I started 
when I was like in high school in, in the sound ministry and, and, and people would say, oh man, it sounds so much better. <laughs> that made me feel better. That it sounded better, see? Is there fruit in your life? Is it working? And then you begin to see other people begin to recognize that and then they begin to, to say, you know, you're really good at this. And see, this is how you know if you're called. Because you don't do it in isolation. There's people around you and they begin to say, well, well, I think God is leading you in this. And so your, your community and your family and friends. Then later someone else says, hey, we have a need. Would you come help us? And this is how people go from, from, from being you know, a helper to, to a greeter to leading a small group or something like that. It's because people begin to recognize you're really good at this. Keep going on that. Keep going on. That's how you recognize God's calling in your life. Because you begin to, it's not like you wake up one day, I'm called to be Billy Graham, and then the next day you're Billy Graham. It took years for him to accomplish what he accomplished. This is not American Idol. We don't declare you something overnight and then you are a success. This is not HGTV. They roll in and in 24 hours your house is transformed. Folks, that's called editing. There'll be no editing in your real life. There'll be a lot of hard work and a lot of showing up day after day after day after day. That's the kingdom of God. In the book of Acts, Paul paints a picture for how he was called into ministry. Now, now you have to understand the context for this. In, In the book of Acts... Paul is at Caesarea. He's actually in chains. He's been there for over a year because they have decided they're going to send him to Rome on trial or they're going to just deal with the matter there and they're trying to evaluate that, okay? So he's like, uh, he's being held to go to court to determine if he's going to go to court. You know that's not a good feeling, right? And so... um, Festus is there, and he says, I don't really know things about Jewish matters. And so he, he, he invites King Agrippa to come and help him evaluate. And Paul gets up, and he begins to tell his testimony. Now, now the, the other part of Paul's testimony is in Acts chapter 9. He says, I was on my way to Damascus. I, I'm this Jewish leader, and there's this sect of Christians, and I was sent by Jerusalem to go to Damascus to imprison or kill people that are following the Jesus way. And on my way there, God stopped me in the middle of the road, and he called me into ministry. Now, he's describing this to Festus in them. What's interesting about, what, this is just a side note, since we're talking about our eyes, what's interesting is when God stopped him on the road, what did he do to him? He blinded him. Hmm. See, God used the physical realm to teach him how he was going to teach him about the spiritual realm. This is God's nature, okay? And then he sent another man to pray for him, and the scales removed from his eyes, and he could see. Some of us right now need to be praying, God, are you trying to get my attention? Do the scales need to be removed from my eyes? God, open my eyes. That's the prayer. See, the prayer is, God, I want to see what you're doing so that I might participate. God, I want to play. God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. God, I, I want to do something. I don't want to just be a watcher of the kingdom of God. I want to be a participant. I want to be up close. I want to feel the sweat. I want to feel it and be a part of it. Okay, did you find Acts 26 or looked on the screen? 
Paul shares his testimony. Then I ask, who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom you, have, uh, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness, an eyewitness, of what you've seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them. Now why is he sending them? To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. Paul is saying, I, you need to know, everybody knows about me. They know what I was before. They know what I am now that I follow Jesus. My life has been transformed, and, and you are here to, to, to be proof of that. Now notice how many times in those verses God says, I'm going to show you, you are going to see the way the kingdom works, and you're going to live with your eyes wide open to what the kingdom is doing. See, well, you do not experience God one time. You don't just experience him one time. You, you recognize somehow within you that you need to change. See, the Holy Spirit works on us to bring us to Christ Jesus. That's how we come to faith. The Holy Spirit makes you feel, oh man, something's not right. And then who knows, maybe you go to a small group or, or you meet somebody or someone prays with you at work or you come to church, something like that. And then you begin to sense, wow, this, this is something I need. I'm, something's missing. See, that's the beginning of your eyes opening to the kingdom of God. Paul's was a, was a dramatic thing. He, he, he saw Stephen stoned and it rocked his world. Because he was part of that. He dug in harder, and then God stopped him. You may be like him. God may have stopped you in your tracks and your anti-God approach. I don't know. We're all different. We're unique. But we begin to have our eyes open. But it does not mean when you accept Jesus that your eyes will not continue to be open to the things of God. Oh, I pray not. I pray that you will continue to see him doing things. As a church, when we say that, that our mission is to move people closer to God, it's all about this. It's what we started in 1955 for. We started because we said, you know what? People need to see the kingdom of God. They need to know the love of Jesus. They need to know, their children need to know the hope of Jesus Christ, see? We're called to open the eyes of the ungodly. That's what Paul said. We're here to be light in the darkness. We're here to shine. Speaking of the mission of the church, a lot of people don't know this because they weren't around. In, in, in 1955, the church started, but, but by 1956, the, 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 the women of the church gathered and they said, you know what, there is no kindergarten in this community. They said, maybe we need to do that for the kids of this community in Lincoln Village. Now, what was that? That's called the Holy Spirit leading us to start a ministry. All the, all the things that we do in this place, we do it with prayer. We seek the Lord. We ask God, God, what is it you want us to do? We don't want to come up with a great idea and ask you to bless it. We want to know what you want to do and us participate. Very different. Very different. Most of us, we have a great idea that's going to really do us good. And we're like, God, please bless it, you know? God, I got a great idea. I'll buy a lottery ticket. You'll give me millions of dollars and I'll give money to you. You, you waste your money and you're like, well, God, it was a great idea. And he's like, no, bad idea. 
Give your money to me and I'll multiply it. If I can do loaves and fishes, I can take care of it. We got to stop looking to, to man and start looking to God for the source of our life. That's what happened to Paul. We're called to open the eyes of the ungodly. The, the religious that have gotten hung in a rut of relying on their self-work and pray that, that they will see the kingdom of God and let go of that and begin to trust in Jesus, the Messiah. See, that's the goal. The goal is to lead people to Jesus and help him see. The Messiah came to help us see the kingdom. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is speaking. He said, this is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Now, a lot of times we hear that verse and we're like, I don't understand. Has Jesus come to confuse us? No. He's saying, all of you have ears. All of you have eyes. You have the ability to see and you have the ability to hear. But that does not mean you are seeing the kingdom of God, the spiritual realm, or hearing the kingdom of God. So I teach in parables, Jesus said, so I can illustrate for you how the kingdom works. The purpose of the parables is to show you in the natural realm how the kingdom of God works so that you can function in the natural and the supernatural at the same time. See, the purpose that Jesus came is to reveal to us the supernatural nature of this world. It's supernatural. It's a supernatural thing. So when you say, God, open the eyes of my heart, you're asking him to do something supernatural. When you say, oh, God, this person that I'm thinking about asking out on a date, should I ask him out? You're asking for something supernatural. Okay? Can I tell you, start, though, in the natural. Are they a godly person? Is the fruit of the Spirit in their life? If they're not, if they're not, if they're not a godly person, then you're trying to missionary date. Don't do it. You think that you are called, I'm an evangelist. You know what I'm saying? You're looking at the other person. They look so good. They need Jesus. That is not the Holy Spirit leading you. Come on. By vow, get a clue, Vanna, turn the letter. Okay, you understand what I'm saying here. See, you've got to be able to recognize, is this my flesh or is this the Holy Spirit? See, this is what God wants us to be trained in. If you're going to work and God says, I want you to turn off the radio and pray for 10 minutes. Are you willing to do that? Yeah, but I like, I like listening to the tune. It sets my mood. I know, today you don't even have that because many of you stay at home, you Zoom. You're missing out on even the time period to give God. I, I, I'm concerned it's how it's damaged people spiritually not to have drive time with Jesus. You better work drive time into Jesus from your bedroom to wherever your desk is into the house. You know what I'm saying? It takes me 20 minutes to get from the bedroom to over there. You know what I'm I don't know, all right? How are you intentionally giving God room to speak into your life? In, in Luke chapter 5, so this is what we read. So every year we do a, day, uh, a daily Bible reading, okay? Some of you don't know this. This is our 10th year as a church to read through the Bible. Amen. You can applaud that. Go ahead. It's good for you. We put it on the app so you can, you can listen to it. It's free. Get the Church Next Door app. It's free. But if you're old school and you like a piece of paper, we have them back there. They're free, okay? 
So this week, on Friday, we read Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus is by the shore of the Sea of Galilee. He's trying to teach them how to see the kingdom of God, okay? He, he comes up to the shore. You can look at it. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw the water's edge, two boats, left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Now, why, why is that important? There's several principles there. Jesus, he saw, he came in the natural realm to teach people about the supernatural realm of the kingdom of God. And he used practical things. He said, hey, Pete, I'm going to use your boat today. Can I tell you that God is going to interrupt your day? Pete was busy cleaning nets. He had a whole plan of going home and taking a nap. He'd been up all night fishing. The story tells us he didn't catch anything. It was not a good day at work. And now Jesus shows up. Ever had a bad day at work and God shows up? Yes. See, this is very real. But notice this. Jesus is teaching the word of God. So Jesus is teaching. It's considered the word of God. That's important. Number two, why do you and I gather to this day to hear teaching? Because Jesus. We could just show up and sing, and that wouldn't be bad. It's good. We have worships nights. We're for it, right? But teaching is important. That means to be a God follower, we're to be listening. And we need to be able to listen to the teaching and know, well, is this really godly teaching or not? You need to be able to evaluate it. People tell me all the time, I heard a preacher say this. And I'm like, oh, really? Where did they get that one? What was the scripture for that? See, you and I, we have to have this ability to be listening. One of the principles I teach around here is this. I said, eat the fish, spit out the bones. If somehow I say something and it's not the Lord, spit it out. I'm cool with that. I am not divine. I will give you the best I can have to offer. Always my best. But you have to discern. You have to know and recognize. He's teaching. And then, then he says to Peter, he says, hey, push out a little bit farther and let down your nets. And Peter's like, oh, no way. And then, and then he starts bringing it in. And what does he say to Peter at the end? He says, dude, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Jesus did this whole event to teach Peter that God had a calling on his life and he was going to transform his future. Now, why is that important? Well, what's it mean to be a fisherman? Well, just, do you know that fishermen have budgets? Fishermen have boats. Fishermen have to show up on time. Fishermen have to work with a team. Fishermen have to clean up nets. There's a dirty part of it. Jesus was saying, as hard as you've worked as a fisherman... You are going to become a kingdom worker, and you're going to work just as hard. I know a lot of people who think that kingdom work is easy. Yeah. That's why so many people leave it. I've watched it over the years. You want to know what happened over this past two years? We saw the great retreat from all sorts of walks of work, right? Christianity and, and, and nonprofit work, too. Why? Because it was hard. Let me tell you something. 
following Jesus is not easy. And Jesus was warning. He was warning Peter. There's going to be days, Peter, when you let down the net and nothing happens without me. You think that stuck for Peter? It did. If you try to do it in your own strength, see, that's, that's why you and I, we've got to know this. We've got to know this for our own personal life, how to recognize the Lord. In Luke chapter 24, it tells us after the resurrection that, that there was a couple of disciples and they were headed to Emmaus, a town uh, west of Jerusalem. It's downhill, been there, done that. Cool walk, okay? It says they're walking along and there's this guy with them and then they're talking to him. It's Jesus, okay? They don't know it. And, and he said, what's been going on in the city? He said, you haven't heard about Jesus and the resurrection? They're telling him all this stuff. They finally get to the house and they sit down to have dinner. And it's at that house. Look at, listen to what it says in Luke chapter 24. When, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? What was Jesus doing right there? Jesus was teaching them that after the, rec- after the resurrection, they were going to recognize him. They may not have him in the physical anymore, okay? But they were going to recognize him when he showed up. When did they recognize him? It says when they were breaking bread. When was that? What was that about? It's the moment they broke bread. They were reminded of communion with Jesus, right? See, this is why we celebrate communion as a church. We want to, we want to learn to recognize Jesus. See, God wants us to know that the kingdom of God is recognizable. It's supernatural, but you'll know it when you see it. This is why You know, you'll invite a friend to your group and they'll go to group and they're like, wow, that was so neat. And you'll say, yeah, that's why I go to group every week. Because God shows up. The scripture says when two or more of us gather in his name, you'll be there. You invite somebody to church and they're like, wow, that was so cool. I didn't know I could feel that kind of peace. Why is that? See, when you accept Jesus, you recognize you have a need for God. And a lot of people, they believe it ends there. They believe that their salvation ends there. I was talking with a Christian brother. He said, I grew up in a church, and all they ever talked about was salvation. All they ever talked about was, was how God gave us everything we needed on the cross. They never told me there was a way to live that would, that would let me know that I was following God and that I was being fruitful, and it was good. He said it was years later until someone who was discipling me introduced me to what that person called the path of peace. Jesus called it the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And there's a way that you and I are called to live. And we get up every day and we look around us and we say, God, what is it you're doing? I want to participate with you. God, I don't want to live a day without you. I'm in a relationship with you. I love you. And I know you love me. And I want to be a part of that. See, that's what it means. I get up every day to come and see what God's going to do. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. Now is a great time for us just to stop and pray. You know, we've been thinking about God and His Word, but it's, it's no good if we don't apply it. So let's take a moment and let's pray. Let's invite God into the situation. You know, when we pray, we need to pray for our employers to lead well. So let's do that today.
Lord, we, we, we thank you that you teach us in your word that we can either love you or we can love mammon. And, and God, we do not want to love mammon. And in our world, we have these, these leaders, these people that employ. They are, they are big companies and small companies and small businesses. And this is our prayer. This is our prayer that they would lead well, that they would seek you and not money, not profit, not the bottom line. Lord, our economy right now needs to be transformed and, and, and we need leaders, people that own businesses that can see through this to help us. Lord, we need people to go back to work and to work well. And so we need these leaders to, to welcome the employees and train the employees, but we need the employees to submit and to work together in this. So Lord, this is what we're praying. We're praying for the leaders of industry, the leaders of businesses, the people that have the power to employ, to be wise and have discernment. Jesus, you talked about the the people that employed people. They went out early in the day, the middle of the day, and late in the day. May the people that have the power to employ go out throughout the day. May we begin to see our businesses flourish under your authority and under your name. We pray that we would begin to see new jobs created and people desire to do their jobs and go to work wholeheartedly and that they would be paid well, that the economy would do well. And so today we pray for the employers to employ well, to set up systems well, and that people would be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with me. You know, as a pastor, as as your pastor, I want you to know one of the most powerful things you can do and I can do is pray together. And I'd like for you to begin to join me in prayer every day. And so we've created a free prayer guide, but you have to go to our website, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email address and you can download the ebook. It's for you, but it's also to begin to grow in prayer. It's the best thing that'll ever happen to you. Go to yournextstepnow.com and give us your email address and get your prayer guide today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. And it's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. 
Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.